This is the Orange Podcast. Conversations with Orange City Council for the local community. Welcome back to the Orange Podcast. This is Ellie Bryce. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode in a week when Orange City Council's tree crews have stepped up the annual battle for the dreaded elm leaf beetle that's tearing through elm trees across southern Australia. How we're battling elm leaf beetles and how you can join the fight in your own backyard later in today's show. But first, what's the one landmark that the three neighbouring council areas of Blaney, Cabon and Orange have in common? It's a tourist attraction that draws thousands of visitors every year and this week the mayors of each council signed a new agreement to work more closely together. Alan Reader has more. In neighbouring country towns, there's always been a bit of friendly rivalry, whether it's between teams on the sporting field or competition between councils to attract a new investment or a potential employer. This week, that rivalry took a back seat as three neighbouring councils, Blaney, Cabon and Orange, signed a new agreement that will see them working closely together while retaining their independence. It's still early days, but the idea is that, say, a road crew that's rebuilding a road next to a council boundary might be able to share some equipment to get a project done on both sides of a border. There are some new challenges to explore, but some cooperation has already been happening for years when it comes to managing waste or attracting tourists. Potential travellers from Sydney who want to visit a cellar door or take a boat out on a lake don't care which local council area it's in. From Molong... Cabon's Mayor Kevin Beatty believes the new alliance will be better for the sharing of ideas between councils. Sharing ideas with the two neighbouring councils. You know, we're, we're in the same region. We need to share those ideas together. Um, Orange is a big council, big ideas. Um, and look, I, I think that there's a lot of um, talk out in the community about the fact that, you know, Orange, 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 but... We are a council, Cabon, and and I always say, well, when you look at the weather map that's on TV, what comes up in the national news is orange. And we we need to use, Cabon needs to use orange to benefit the, ourselves as well. So I think this alliance would help by us working together so that the region can share tourism, the region can share, as we already do through Orange 360 anyway, but more tourism and and sharing of resources, um, simple things like, you know, we've got some very good equipment out there for road building and we can share that that equipment with Orange and Blaney and, and so things like that, yeah. You've got some expertise. You've got many villages in Cabon. Do you think there's some expertise there in how you, you work with villages that a place like Orange doesn't know about? Yeah, exactly, Alan. You know, we have, and the uh, the difference, I guess, is is that that we have a number of villages, and we have to share our resources across the whole of all of those villages. And and it's quite often in council what one village gets, the other one wants, and we have to be mindful of that. So, yeah, those sort of ideas coming back into Orange as well it would be handy, I guess, for Orange, but also our neighbour in Blaney. Um, they're a town of uh, a shire of villages as well, so we're very very similar. So. To share their ideas uh, is uh, very important. There's one geographical location that's a landmark for all three council areas. And Orange Mayor Reg Kidd wants to see work happening to put that landmark on the top of the list for cooperative ventures. And number one would be uh, Mount Canals, an iconic part of our region, something that we all always talk about, 
but needs a lot of work doing out there. And if we can work cooperatively as councils in conjunction with government and national parks, really getting that mountain being, you know, that everyone wants to go there and go walking up to the top and going down to Federal Falls and uh, looking at the exquisite flora and fauna on the mountain and say, wow, we want to see other things. If someone's coming here as a visitor to the region, they don't really care about council boundaries, do they? No, not at all. And, and, and I don't. I'll be quite honest. My wife is from Cudell and uh, I have lots and lots of my friends who live at places like Manildra Mall on Cumnock and people don't give a hoot about those boundaries. If they're here and I send them out this weekend to say, look, what are you doing uh, Sunday afternoon? Why don't you go for a beautiful drive out through Blaney, Millthorpe Blaney, go down to Carcor, you know, they made such and such a movie there if you want to see an intact, very historic old village and come back through your own being, you know, forest reefs. And I've done that with people and they've said to me, that is fantastic. I, I really, really enjoyed that. As well as visitors from the further afield, lots of residents um, work in one area and, and then drive home to another area. Yeah. Uh, is is this this better cooperation going to help us capture some of that 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 work that's going on? Oh, look, uh, I, I certainly believe it will. I, I think it's interesting if you look at Sydney and when I go down there, and, I mean, there's people sitting in the traffic in Sydney for two hours getting to work. So yeah, and that's the future. I have friends here that live in Orange, work in Bathurst. I know a lot of people that uh, live in Bathurst, work in Orange. Uh, Going past my property in the morning, the amount of people coming in from Canoundra and Manilda coming here to work, but they live out of Canoundra, they live out at Manilda, and vice versa. And an example would be Manildra Mills. I know a number of the people that work out there uh, live in Orange and live at Cowra. Millthorpe. No one wanted to live at Millthorpe. We had the uh, Department of Ag or DPI move to Orange, and all of a sudden, being 12 minutes from work was nothing to them. Well, next thing, Millthorpe, there was a resurgence in Millthorpe of all these people that had moved from Sydney thought it was beautiful, the village, and it's only a 15-minute max into Orange where I actually work, and, oh, isn't it good looking at the countryside and everything? And Millthorpe has just really prospered with restaurants and a whole range of other activities that happened out at Millthorpe now. I, I believe that'll happen in the future in places like Cudell, Cumnock, Yamolongs, and so forth, and that's... Um, that's to everyone's advantage. Blaney's Mayor Scott Ferguson believes the lessons learned from shared projects already, like regional tourism promotion, show that agreeing, say, on a marketing message can make all the difference. Visitors' investment don't really care where the local boundary lines are, and if we present a really consistent message across our, our region, it's a lot more attractive. And, of course, in this highly competitive world, where all regions are trying to promote themselves to encourage uh, new residents and, and investment, uh, this orange region uh, should lead lead the way and local government should do what it can by working together to make that happen. Within those three councils, there will be points of difference. But will an alliance like this help you work through some of those as well? Oh, there's always going to be differences. I guess a lot of that's historical differences as well. But it is a, it is a new world and... Uh, I think we've seen that with what's happened with uh, with COVID and, and all the issues that we've been confronted with as a, not only as a region, but as a nation, um, there's a real rethink going on out there about how we, how we live our lives. And local government is always going to have a role to play in that. Um, 
not only in the basic um, infrastructure that we provide, but just leading the way to, to showcase what we have here and that to make sure that the facilities that we do have can accommodate the growth and the uh, business opportunities and investment that we're all looking for. There's a long list of potential topics to, to share and, 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 and work on together. If you could pick one, which one would have the most potential for you? Well, I certainly is very supportive of um, uh, Mayor Kidd's comments today about Mount Canopolis. Uh, that is a that is definitely a um, a major regional p- landscape that we're all connected to. It's we can see it from all the all the all the shires. So I think if you're looking for something for us to concentrate on uh, as a project, if that were to happen, it'd be such a benefit for the whole region for everybody. So. Blaney Shire Council have been a smaller council, of course. We've always believed that it's in our ratepayers' best interest for Orange and Cabon and our region to be successful. We can't be inward-looking. It might suit uh, some people to be parochial around councils, and there still is that. At the end of the day, you're elected to represent uh, your ratepayers, but I strongly believe that it's in the interest of my ratepayers, Blaney Shire ratepayers, that we do live in a very connected and successful region, not just a, a shire. As well as um, promoting the region to, to tourists. For the locals, um, are you surprised by the number of people who live in Orange and work at Nestle and, uh, and vice versa, that, that, that we are a very much a connected place? That's a very good, very good statement because that's exactly what's happening. Um, and it has for a long time. Uh, half, a lot of people live in Blaney, work in Orange and Bathurst and vice versa. Um, Blaney's a net importer of jobs. Uh, if you throw in, as you mentioned, Nestle, Cadia, we have a lot of smaller dynamic industries and businesses in Blaney which the people come into every day, into our shire to to work. That We enjoy the facilities that Orange um, has to offer and, and vice versa. Um, and we're still, I think at the end of the day, no matter how big we grow, I think all of us are still so uh, thankful to live in such a beautiful uh, part of the world and that our agriculture is still number one importance and will continue to be a generator, not only of employment and prosperity, but for just making it a nice place to live. That was Blaney's Mayor Scott Ferguson talking with Alan Reader. If you've seen men in council uniforms drilling holes in the trunks of trees this week, it's nothing to worry about. These are members of Council's tree crew starting the annual campaign against the elmleaf beetle. Manager Nigel Hobden believes the beetles have been in orange since 2015. The elmleaf beetle came to orange by some mode of transport, whether it was through transport trucks, um, whether it was through people in luggage, but it, it arrived from either Canberra or Melbourne where they've had infestations of elmleaf beetle for um, about 12 years prior to when Orange first, uh, we first found it in Orange. Um, so it has been known in the, um, certainly in Australia for a while, but we were fortunate enough that it wasn't affecting our elm trees until about five years ago. Um, so it's a small little beetle that, yeah, like most things with modern travel and things like that, it can jump in a car and take a ride and end up in a place where it's not really wanted. And what sort of damage do they cause to the elm trees? Look, there's two stages of damage. Um, they and they're related to the different stages of the um, elm leaf beetles life cycle. So you have adult beetles. Um, they put shot holes um, in the leaves. So they chew a round hole into the leaf. Um, and then you have the larval stage. 
and the larvae actually undertake what's called skeletonization of the leaf. So they eat the fleshy bit of the leaf in between all the little veins that run through the leaves. Um, and eventually that uh, destroys the leaf um, and either causes it to prematurely fall or it, it certainly reduces markedly its ability to photosynthesize and produce the sugars that the tree needs to send down to its root system. So what are we doing to fight the beetle? We're concentrating on doing what's called stem injection. Um, we have trialled a couple of different methods for controlling elm leaf beetle. In younger elm trees, so trees that have been planted in the last um, 10 to 15 years, uh, we do some what's called banding. So it's a non-invasive type of uh, technique. And the banding is about a 20 centimetre wide strip around the trunk of the tree and the elm leaf um, beetle larvae congregate in that um, banding and they don't then get down to the root system. It's got a sticky substance, so like a double-sided tape, um, so they get stuck in that. Um, but the, the main method we're using is stem injection, um, and that is injecting a chemical into the cambial tissue of a tree, and the cambial tissue is where you find the phloem and the xylem, and they're the transport uh, routes um, or highways for moving nutrients between the leaves and the root system of the trees. Um, so we inject trees, the chemical goes to the leaf, the beetles then chew on the leaf and uh, they ingest that chemical and uh, that kills them off, the beetle or the larvae stage. And how many trees are we talking about? Look, elms aren't the most popular sort of street tree in orange. Um, they're not in the top five street trees that we have but they are very prevalent, um, and particularly in our major parks such as Cook Park, Robertson Park um, and Wade Park. So we're doing about 200 to 250 trees a year with stem injections. Um, that needs to be repeated around about every three years. Um, so you get an inoculation period where the tree, that chemical stays in the tree for about a three-year period. Are we getting on top of the problem? Look, it's not a problem that we'll ever see the end of. Um, it will always be there. And so we're making, um, I suppose we're protecting our trees as best we can from sustaining damage. There's a couple of aspects um, encouraging residents to monitor and undertake elm leaf beetle control on trees and their properties, um, even the schools, um, getting them to, because most of the schools, Orange High School, um, most probably Canopolis and certainly Kinross have all got elm trees. So encouraging the schools to engage someone to do stem injection of their trees and control their trees and protect their trees from um, a huge population. So the idea is that we will stunt the population of elm leaf beetles, but it's not a beetle that uh, I envisage we'd ever have under control per se to say that we'll um, be rid of them unless some biological agent comes in. What should residents do if they've got an elm tree in their yard? Um, monitor it, and if they observe um, the shot hole damage, which is the first stage of the damage, being the beetles, then I would suggest they contact a um, either council, we can give them advice, or they contact uh, an arborist and seek advice from an arborist about what they can do. Certainly can Google about elm leaf beetle and um, for those people that are, have a level of competency about themselves in um, the horticultural field, they may um, look at undertaking treatment themselves. Um, if it's a young elm tree, 
then doing the banding is a very simplistic task that anybody can actually do because it's using a, a double-sided sticky tape that's about 20 uh, centimetres wide and wrapping that around the trunk of the tree. So anyone can do that. But when it comes to stem injecting a tree, um, it would be best if they consulted some professionalism to undertake that task because there is a ratio of the size of the drill bits um, using special tree injectors so they force the chemical into um, the wound at a, a measured rate. Um, those injectors cost a bit of money. They're not something you can find anywhere. Um, so yeah, the best thing would be to consult, get an arborist in and, and get them to come and have a look at your tree and give you an idea of what it's going to cost. Nigel Hobden there speaking with comms team member Liv Sargent. Now for a wrap of the week. Here's CEO Dave Woodell. Well, that was a classic orange week. The um, temperatures were beautiful and balmy and we were all mowing our lawns and now it's seven degrees. That's why we love this city. The, it's funny, I drove to work today and I saw the Orange High School Year 12, you know, in their sort of muck-up gear and I was reflecting back on that day in my life when it was a really beautiful summer's day and this this poor generation you know they've missed out a lot on COVID um, so anyway thoughts out to anyone who's got a HSC kid good luck to you had an interesting week we got finally an alliance between Caban Orange and Blaney together um, not that formal but a real commitment to work together to try to get efficiencies you know share equipment share people give people opportunities and, um, you know, really get our region going. It was good. It was a really nice feel. Good to hear from Nigel because I've got a few golden elms that um, require treatment. So thanks for that. And that city presentation crew, they are really kicking goals. Molong Road, throughout the CBD, it's starting to really, really look good. I'm off for a holiday, actually. Got two weeks off, so I'm really excited. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you when I get back. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. If you liked what you just heard, simply subscribe where you get your podcasts and be sure to search for The Orange Podcast. I'll talk to you next week. Bye now.